Hello and welcome to the ASB Investment Podcast, a podcast that keeps you up to date on the market and helps you make smart choices with your investments. Before we get started, we should inform you that the views based in this podcast are those of the participants only. As individual circumstances differ, you should seek appropriate professional advice. I'm Jonathan Beale from ASB and today Chris Tennant-Brown and I will be discussing the recommendations made in the Tax Working Group's report, which was released in February. In this episode, we'll cover what has happened, what will happen next, what assets are or aren't affected, and most importantly, what you should do as an ASB investor. Chris, really good to see you again. I think last time we were talking about uh, financial markets and some volatility, and today we're here to discuss the uh, Tax Working Group recommendations uh, that came out in February. Now, I've read through most of the report. Um, I added up 99 recommendations, uh, not quite 100. I thought they might have done maybe one more to round it out. But um, maybe why why is the government looking at this and why, is the, why did the tax working group get formed in the first place? At a really basic level, it seems to be just one of those things that we need to do to ourselves every every 10 years um, is uh, do some sort of inquiry into, into tax and work out uh, whether there's a better way. And... Actually, I think one of the things that's worth reflecting on is that um, one of the things which came out of this is that our tax system actually is pretty good. It's got some really good features. It's 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 simple. Um, if uh, developed economy averages are anything to go by, we're on the slightly on the low side of average. Um, so the amount of tax that's taken out of the economy seems reasonable. Um, why we look at it though is the question is will it be fit for purpose over the next 10 20 years and uh, and are we taxing things broadly or, or quite in, a, in quite a narrow way and I and I think that's one of the areas of concern because our tax system is pretty heavily focused on income tax um, and and GST uh, which is effectively a, a tax on your on your consumption so part of that income group. And uh, and that makes up you know well over half of our t- taxation, and then there's company tax and duties. So whether or not we're taxing broadly enough is 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 probably a question worth having a look at. Yeah, and I suppose as um, as we move forward, the way people and the sort of type of assets that people are going to buy are going to be different. You think about home ownership in the future could be very different to it is today. So the the government needs to think about how they're going to get uh, create the tax to actually be able to do what they want to do. Yeah, and and the way that we work is changing as well. You know, home ownership rates are, are falling, um, demographics are uh, changing, and um, and the way that we'll work is is going to change too. There's there's less and less people. I think in the future will just be turning up and and doing their forty hours, getting paid by a company, and um, and and being able to be taxed in a really simple way. So all of these things uh, are are in the mix. And a lot of the I think a lot of the reporting of the report has been focusing on capital gains tax and uh, you know this this debate's been going on for for many years and I sort of I googled um, oh, a couple of days ago about how long this has been going on it seems to be every year for a long time like people are suggesting you know capital gains tax at uh, 10%, 15%, what's the bright line test, all those all those things. But it's it's more than capital gains tax that this report is about, isn't it? Yeah, there are a lot of things. The capital gains tax, I think, is the one that um, has, has got all of the coverage, really, because it um, it impacts a number of people. And for, for a start, um, 
people look at their own home or investment properties and wonder whether that's going to be taxed because that's where people have have accumulated a lot of wealth in this country. So thinking that some of that might get taken away from them is clearly going to get some people's heckles up. Uh, and then there's other industries like farming where the the payoff has been at the end when the farm gets sold. Uh, the actual return on a year-in, year-out basis can be pretty slim uh, in, in farming. So so there's a focus there on how will this be taxed on a, on a capital basis. So Okay, so let's drill into that a little bit then. So focusing on capital gains, what what isn't going to be affected? So is my is my house I live in every day going to be affected? So own home is uh, is is not impacted, and I think realistically at at this point in time, that's the only way you could ever get something like this through. Um, firstly, because the majority of people still do own their own home, so they'll be very sensitive about whether or not that's going to be taxed. And if I'm cynical, uh, which you know I probably am, um, the uh, the number of MPs and the number of houses they own probably mean that there's um, there's a few people from a personal perspective or a job security perspective in Parliament that know that uh, that wouldn't be a way to get re-elected. And um, is there anything else that isn't in that people would think that oh, might be a little bit worried about? Well, the 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 family home extends uh, to um, to if you've got a, a home on a farm and and that sort of thing. So so there's some extensions there, and there's some weird peculiarities with that as well. For example, if if you're lucky enough to own a, a four million dollar home in Auckland, that would probably buy you a reasonably nice place in Rimuera. Um, no capital gains, um, but if you owned a four million dollar property in Southland, that would buy you a pretty reasonable farm, and all but a very tiny proportion of it uh, is exposed to the to the tax if it was to get implemented. And uh, there's a number of things that just continue to get taxed the way that they that they were uh, under the old regime. So. Um, I think that's why there's been so much focus on the capital gains aspect. Yeah. So people don't have to worry about the house they're living in today is going to suddenly have to they have to think about buying or selling and any capital gains applying to that. I, I think one of the really important messages is people don't need to be doing anything right now because these are just proposals. We've got an awful lot of politics to go on before this starts to change anything. And and then the second aspect to that is that it's not going to be retrospective. So it's not like you could be doing something today, like holding a managed fund or or, or, or holding some shares, that the uh, that the taxman's claw is going to come back into uh, two thousand and eighteen and start dragging money out of you. This is all designed to come in in in, in the future. And you mentioned managed funds and um, and shares. Um, they're impacted by the capital gains uh, tax proposals. They are. So, uh, but it depends on which asset you're you're looking at. Something like bonds within a uh, within a managed fund wouldn't change the international shares. There's there's some talks about a a, a, um, a drop in the rate that they're taxed at, but not a not a new tax or a capital gains tax. Uh, the asset that's in focus is Australasian shares, um, whether you own it directly or, or or through a managed fund. And at the moment, um, with the pie regime, um, you pay tax like you're owning it directly, and, and that's just on the income coming from the dividend stream, but not the capital growth. Whereas under the new system, it'd be accrued on on both the gains and the uh, and the dividend stream. So that's that's something new within the within the proposal that's been seen as a negative. Within the uh, the managed funds, um, 
you know, again, there's plenty of stuff that'll happen between now and when this could start. Um, I, I think there's probably a bit more concern about the implications for the New Zealand uh, share market. Um, you know, the the number of shares on the New Zealand share market's been shrinking, and uh, I think there's a there's a a lot of reasons why we want the New Zealand share market to flourish and 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 be as deep as possible. And anything like this that could make it more complex, or perhaps make people think, oh, I'll, I'll put my money overseas rather than here. All other things being equal, um, you know, that, I think that would be a real d- disappointment. So, uh, and and you could sense that in some of the comments from people from the tax working group that 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 they're cautious about the potential impact on the New Zealand share market itself. And a lot of people in New Zealand have made um, good gains, good returns on property over over many, many years. Um, really difficult for sort of younger people starting out for their first home, but you know, people have made some serious money, particularly through rental properties and uh, um, you know the Kiwi way of having a batch down by the down by the beach. That's going to be impacted by the, the proposal around capital gains tax. Is um, how significant do you think that's going to be for, for New Zealand in the way we sort of think about our assets going forward? I think it's a it's a it's a really big deal, and um, you know things like owning a batch has been a, a way of life for people in, in New Zealand. Not everyone, of course, um, and and that can be pretty expensive. Um, people possibly a little bit more comfortable holding a batch when they think over the twenty or thirty years that they might own it, it's going to go up in value. Um, and and this would now be captured in this, as would uh, any uh, any second property that someone someone owned. So it is a uh, it is a it is a change, and and in that sense, it might impact people's expectations. Um, I th- I think it's crazy uh, to go right. Well, let's let's protect something like a batch so that people can make gains. I thought the idea of a batch was to have a nice place for a uh, for a for a holiday. Um, but there's always going to be strange distortions and and boundary issues with this the, this sort of stuff. You know, the using the the, the farm example. Um, you know, a, 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 an own home that's exempt in Auckland would 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 buy an income producing asset um, somewhere else that would get captured. So there's there's going to be things that people don't like whenever you talk about where the boundaries lie on a capital gains tax when it relates to property. It's funny, I was reflecting, I remember, I don't know if you remember, but it was years ago, I think we were driving from Dunedin to Queenstown, and um, we were driving pretty slow, and I think I was driving, and the whole conversation all the way there was whether to buy a batch or to actually rent one on a regular basis. So I've never bought a batch because of listening to you, and I think it was Mark Brooks from um, Brook Asset Management having this discussion about buy a batch or don't buy a batch. So I took your advice not to buy a batch, so I, I just rent one. So uh, I don't know if that's good or bad advice I got from you. <laughs> well, it, it, it depends on where you're looking. It would have been a crib if we were in the South Island. And uh, you know, when when things have gone up a lot in value, um, it, it makes people feel good retrospectively. But I don't think that's ever people's goals with buying um these these sort of holiday assets, but they they they're certainly on the on the on the net for this tax. So it, it may well impact people's thoughts around uh, around those sorts of assets. There's other stuff that's not included, uh, like like art and and cars and wine collections, and 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 for good reason. And that's because um, although we we hear stories about people making money out of those things, on the whole, we lose money out of them, and uh, people don't discuss those losses so much. But um, but that's 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 my broad take on why those things aren't included. But I raise it because I think actually it's it's important to understand. I suppose well when you're investing money or buying an asset, like why 
and what's the reason behind doing it and normally what there's a goal and I, I agree I don't think people are buying batches because they want to make money they want to actually enjoy it and have family time and I think you know if if or not the tax system changes you know it's just gonna be another thing to consider when you're making a, an investment decision about you know like people today will make a decision about what they invest in what's the liquidity of it do I understand it you know um, what sort of return am I going to get and the way it's taxed is just going to be another thing that people need to think about. That's right, and and you know they they have capital gains tax in in most other countries, and their property markets are perfectly functional. And people that have done well in some cases still choose to 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 spend some of that gain on a uh, or that money that they've made on a on a holiday home. The the other thing which people talk about it and is the the distortionary impact of taxation or the incentives and. Um, one of the lines is, oh, will this crush innovation? People won't want to invest in innovation. And I've never once heard someone that's had a great idea that sat around talking to me about their exit strategy. It's all about their growth strategy and this new idea that they've got that they want to invest in and, and, and grow. The exit strategy is hopefully something that happens that's really awesome 20 or 30 years down the down down the track. Um where this, I don't, so I don't think people will stop innovating because of a, a change in the tax. Otherwise, we wouldn't be seeing innovation in countries that have got capital gains tax anyway. But hand in hand with these changes to the tax that could come from this proposal is also a need to look at things which do impact people's decisions to invest for productive reasons. So that's your depreciation laws um, and, and, and other things which encourage, encourage research and development and, and investment. So you know, all of those things need to be taken into the, into the mix when thinking about tax, not just the, the, the capital gains tax, but the, clearly that's what's the focus of the review because it's so new. So what happens now? We've got a report with 99 recommendations. It's gone to the government. Um, what, what's the next step? Well, I think we're going to have an awful lot of um, politics going on for the next uh, for the next year or two, and the uh, the the first bit is happening uh, now uh, in, in 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 social media and and in the media, and 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 some politicians are starting to reveal their their hand. The 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 Greens have have are, are, are for the capital gains tax. Um, National have made their comments, and uh, and and Winston Peters and uh, New Zealand First have been uh, have been quiet on some aspects, but they've made their stance clear on things like like farming. Now, uh, there's a lot of negotiation to go on because the proposals have been put in front of the government, um, the the government or the collective of the um, of the parties need to decide what they want to promote and what they think is realistic to uh, to get into into legislation. Now, he, here's the bit uh, that I think is important for investors. We need to watch that and see what they're talking about and what they're thinking about. Um, but even if it was to get into place um, and a bill gets put before Parliament with taxes that kick in in 2021 is, is, is the recommendation, we have to think, okay, well, what's then plausible? Um, Will a government be able to get re-elected with the, whatever they they choose to put forwards? And even then, if you woke up and after the election in two thousand and twenty, there'll be more coalition negotiations probably. So we still won't know for 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 sure. So there is so many things that are going to be happening over the next year or two on this. And and so I think really at the moment we just need to watch and 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 see what uh, what people come up with. Because you know, I'm not I'm not 
not normally a betting man, but I I would bet that the 99 recommendations won't happen. I am on the same side of that bet with you. And and you know the the biggest hairy one of them all, the capital gains tax. I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't happen either or if it does it 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 might not be in its current format um you know this is this is a recommendation from a bunch of people that have thought about things really really hard they couldn't all agree on it um and and now it's up to uh the politicians to decide what they 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 think will fly and um and some of them out of the interests for their uh their survival as a as a politician will probably pay a lot of attention to 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 what people are saying and what and what they'll vote for and so your your message to the listeners would be don't don't make any decisions don't make any changes uh, maybe just keep up to date on what's happening in the political situation around uh, um, the discussion around tax is that what you said definitely because nothing has actually changed right now and and We'll find out what will change over the course of the next uh, over the next year or so, um, and 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 only with certainty um, following next year's uh, election. So there's as there always is. There's plenty of uncertainty, um, and 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 nothing might happen. Um, so people should make their decisions based on their long run expectations and their and their and their long run plans. Now, if people have got tax issues now or they're concerned about in the future, well they should be um, working on those with an accountant but but right here right now there's nothing to go you need to do this or do that uh, because we just don't know what's going to be uh, actually happening with regard to tax. The um, I always think with the, when I was looking at it, there are some big positives though aren't there? So a lot of people in um, in New Zealand are invested in KiwiSaver, you know there's you know, um, hundreds of thousand people who've got a got an investment, and you know the av- the average is what about seventeen thousand dollars at the moment. If you jump forward about ten years, the average is going to be about seventy thousand dollars. In a lot of cases, that will be uh, investors' biggest asset. You know, um, but actually, there's some positives around KiwiSaver through the Tax Working Group. Hopefully, that that will get. Uh, Maybe one of the ones that actually get uh, accepted. Yeah, it's a, it's a pity that the, the the capital gains aspect and the negative impact that could have on on the growth rate of KiwiSaver got a lot of focus uh, at, at the expense of of some of the other ideas. And I actually feel the same because I'm a, I'm a huge KiwiSaver fan. Um, whenever the government runs a surplus, I think, oh, uh, should we be talking about? Um, should any of this money be going um, back towards people's KiwiSaver savings? Uh, so, so some of the ways that that could happen uh, is the member tax credit getting increased. It's, it, it, it was just over $1,000. It got cut to just over 500 And one of the proposals was that maybe it should uh, be lifted again. Now, this is one of the more expensive proposals, um, so maybe this will be a tricky one to get through. It'd be it's a lot of money to to lift that member tax credit because KiwiSaver has been so popular. But there were other uh, considerations, uh, such as uh, lowering the um, the 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 rate of return effectively that the tax on international shares is calculated at. Um, returning the the tax taken from a an employer's contribution back into someone's KiwiSaver balance. Those things will help people accumulate money faster. And and so 
all of these things need to be taken into the into the mix, and and particularly for lower income earners, uh, they they could be better off with uh, with some of these proposals, which is which is good. And at the end of the day, we've got a left of centre government, so they're doing the right thing to their to their um, to their voter base by by coming up with policies that 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 help people people save. And so, uh, I I think that. Hopefully they have a look at all of those um, recommendations within the proposal, and and I totally agree with you that they're not all negative. They're in fact, some are very positive. The cynic in me says that um, people have sat around for lots and lots of months, going, "Okay, uh, here's the report, ninety nine recommendations, and this is all about a tax grab. This is going to tax us more." going to have less money in our pockets. How would you respond to that? Yeah, well, as soon as you hear there's 99 new things, um, it's easy to think, well, there's 99 new taxes. So this must be about the government having having more money. And I think the important thing is that's not the intention. It's it's meant to be tax neutral. So the amount of tax that the effectively that the government takes out of the economy or taxes a percentage of GDP, gross domestic product, stays around the same um, they'll be getting more tax from some areas and then putting more money back in in, in other areas. So on on that basis, um, nothing much changes, and and we stay at I think is what a reasonable level of taxation is. What the trade off is? These new ideas do they start to lose some of the things which are good about our tax system, such as the simplicity uh, that that we've got? Because it's good to have a broad. Uh, tax take, but it's also good to have a simple, simple system. But I wouldn't see it as a tax grab at, at all, and that's the bit where the devil lies in the detail of of the report and what the government chooses to do is is okay. So they get some new taxes from some areas. How do they distribute it back into the economy, uh, either through people's retirement savings, through 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 tax cuts, and through other types of expenditure? You mentioned the word simple quite a few times, and I, I was reflecting back on when I was a financial advisor in the UK, there was capital gains tax, there was inheritance tax, and but what came with that was allowances, so you'd have a capital gains allowance, you'd have an inheritance tax allowance. It was pretty complicated, but it actually got people to think about how they manage their assets and the decisions they would make every year. Um, are we in danger of trying to be too simple, or...? There is a risk there. Um, other places get get taxed quite differently from New Zealand. For example, in Australia, the the top tax rate is much higher than here. Uh, but there's all sorts of allowances and things people do to, to to try and avoid that. And that's one of the things that you worry about when you make changes to the tax system and it gets more complex like this, is that people just spend more time being complicated themselves. And so what you want to do is have a system that's 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 efficient, that you're not generating lots of costs for people or lots of things which people will incur lots of costs to try and avoid simply paying tax. You want a system that's that's fair, that the weighting is even and 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 fairly distributed around the around the economy. And we you know, as we've been going through the conversation, obviously the message I'm hearing is you don't need to do anything at the moment. Um, this is a report that has made some recommendations. We're a long way from actually these being implemented or potentially won't even be implemented. But um, And for customers who are invested, don't do anything. But if you want to be stay involved and stay in, and up to date on what's happening, how would you suggest that people do that? Well, the, 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 the most uh, 
time-consuming path would be to do what I've done and read the read the full report. But I'd um, one recommendation I would make is that don't do that unless you've got uh, nothing better to do for a couple of days. Um, if you want a, uh, a a little bit more than this podcast. Um, the economics team wrote a, a note about the tax working group and what we've thought of the information to date. Uh, it's about five pages, so a lot lighter reading than the, than the full report. And, and, and so that's a good place to start. I think it'll be really interesting to watch how the politic un- politics unfold over the next uh, over the next couple of months, because then we will start to get a firmer idea of 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 what each party wants to do with with this. And just as an aside, one of the things that I think is is really interesting with these reports that we do that, like you say, sometimes don't turn into to anything. Um, not only is there a huge body of work in terms of these 99 recommendations and a lot of thought behind it, there's a lot of stuff that they rejected as well within the working group and decided, nope, we're not going to consider that. So this will be quite rich for uh, geeks like me um, and and perhaps some other people when you want to look into the pros and cons of various ways that we can tax the economy. There's a lot of information in there. But for those that don't want to read all that, I'd recommend starting out with our uh, economic note. It's a good point you make, though, that actually... Maybe we should be a bit more positive around actually the tax system in New Zealand and people look at this and go, it's really simple. Plus, when you look at, you know, you could look at the tax working route recommendations and go, oh, my word, 99 recommendations. But it's a great body of work that actually um, maybe over a long period of time will use it. And it may not use it today, but we might use it in the future, which is surely a positive. Well, I think we will use it in the future. And one of the things to, to ponder in this uh, in this vein you know, at the moment, one of the reasons why so many people are agitated about it is the majority of us do have assets which have accumulated a lot of value through capital growth. And we're sensitive about whether or not that will get taxed. Home ownership rates are falling, though. So there will be a time in the future where the majority of people on this current trajectory don't own their own home. And they'll have quite a different attitude to capital versus income tax compared to, to people today. So whether or not we implement it now, uh, this way of taxing capital versus income will continue to be debated for quite a while yet. Brilliant. And I, yeah, I look at my, I was doing my, um, helping my son with his mass homework, introducing him to compounding interest and those types of things. And we were talking about saving for the future and, you know, um, buying a house, buying a batch, you know, so it's, it's so far away from, you know, where, where he's thinking and probably it actually could be just something that doesn't happen for that that generation then maybe they'll start to rent um, and we'll start to be very more maybe a bit more like the Europeans uh, about it's not about owning your own home and actually have different assets that are larger than owning your own home and the tax system should match that yeah that's right and and particularly when you look at at Europe um, other forms of saving and retirement savings in particular become much more important if you don't have the the, the Kiwi uh, safety net and retirement strategy of, of of buying paying off your your home, or and and the second leg to that strategy of downscaling when you when you when you get old. When you take that out of the mix, things like KiwiSaver become a lot more important. And um, so it's good that you're uh, talking to them about compound interest right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chris. As always, been a real pleasure to sit down and talk to you. Um, Tax can sometimes be a bit of a dry subject, but I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I think it's been really insightful and helpful, so thank you very much for that. Um, and if people want to uh, get more information, the report you talked about is on the ASB website, and they can easily look at that and download that and uh, read it at their leisure. 
Thanks, Jonathan, and and I'd be I'd be really happy if anyone read it, <laughs> <laughs> apart from my mum. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to hear, please contact us at podcast at asb.co.nz.